this will be here. All of our good space. ideas will be out, so we got to make sure we're talking. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, so, we're, mean we're recording already. Okay. I like doing this. What? <laughs> good. You're supposed to introduce us proper. Oh, I, 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 you figured out a name for your podcast yet? It's the, me, my parents, and Liam Neeson. I've had okay. the name in it every time. Okay. Like I just said right now for okay. the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so, now that I've said the name, now the podcast has started. I We're here going through all of the films of Liam Neeson. And looking at how much trouble he's in. And this week, I was going to have us watch Ponyo, which I thought would be a nice departure from the previous movie that we watched. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't in this week. I'm going to have to go request it more specifically from the library. So I grabbed a Dirty Harry movie instead. We watched The Deadpool. I didn't know that there was such a thing. Yeah. I. Who are we? I'm Dan. I'm Mom. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. All right, and yeah, we got done watching. I honestly, before looking into this, I had no idea Liam Neeson would have been in a Dirty Harry movie. Uh, it was the last of the five Dirty Harry movies, a series of films that started in 1971, starring Clint Eastwood, who probably needs no introduction because if you haven't heard of him, he will appear in your window late at night and scowl at you until you find out who he is. Fair enough. Uh, he has a very large gun. And he's very good at counting how many bullets he has. There we go. Spoiler alert. You know Spoiler what? alert for both Dirty Harry in 1971 and this film. Do you know what kind of gun it is? Uh, it's a Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world. My but, my recollection is it's a .45. It's a .45 Magnum, the most powerful yeah. handgun in the world. Yes. As quoted by Jim Carrey in Bruce Almighty, if I remember correctly. Okay. Oh, isn't it? Is is this gun also mentioned in the Slumdog Millionaire? Possibly is that one of his answers? It could be. That would be oh, something golly, we'd have to, we'd we'd have have to look. look that up, we'd have to look that, that up. We would digress significantly, uh, just a little. We yeah. we better well, stick to know. being on point here for a little bit. Okay, so uh, in this film, Liam Neeson plays Peter Swan, who is an asshole movie director. If we're going to be nice, and he and he and he specializes in slasher, yes, gory uh, films. I, I theorized that. They came up with the names of his movies, like, as from a writer perspective, when they had to come up with the names of his movies, by looking through the discarded bin of all of the bad ideas that had been pitched to them previously. Because <laughs> his current film is called Hotel Satan, and just looks awful. <laughs> I mean, I don't like scary movies myself, but it looks bad. Well, it, well, it looks cheesy oh, very and over-the-top gory. Yeah. Sensational, low budget. Yeah. I'll, there we go. I may bring up later the bits of Tarantino that I see in this film, which are it is very silly. Mm -hmm. uh, but the first we see of Liam Neeson's character, and we have to put finger quotes around it, because the movie does a very good job of making it seem like it's his character, is the first thing. We, we think, haven't even finished the opening credits. Right, yeah, we think we see him right away. And he's got an awful ponytail. He does. Well, it's the late 80s. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. that was sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. just, yeah. Anyways, uh, he's looking at a film, uh, not film, he's looking at a news report of someone who just got arrested based largely on the work of Inspector Harry Callahan, who is Dirty Harry. And then he writes... On a list, the name Harry Callahan, and it's the eighth name on the list. They're all numbered. So now he has a, this list of eight people, and Dirty Harry's on the list. We don't know what the list is for. We don't know what the list is for, point. but there's this list. 
Uh, it then, I don't, there's a bit of police business of Dirty Harry being, you know. Dirty Harry. The cop who doesn't play by the rules in Rex's car and I don't need a partner. And all of those, all, every cliche yes. is checked off. Right. And then we proceed to Jim Carrey. No. Sorry. James, James Carrey. James Carrey, famous thespian. Uh, <laughs> fun fact, uh, Jim Carrey really didn't get his career kicked off for another six years. He had TV movie roles, appearances in TV shows, and things like that. But in 1994, he had The Mask, Ace Ventura, and Dumb and Dumber all came out. And then it was basically off to the races for him. But in 1988, he was still James Carrey. And he is playing... How do we describe his character? He is, he is, uh, uh, they're doing a music video. Is he, is he an actor in this thing? A drug-induced rocker. He's, he's, they're filming a music video as a tie-in to the movie or as a scene in the movie. It's very odd. He's playing young Mick Jagger as imagined by every Christian housewife ever. (laughs) Well, this is better. Well, this is the the same year that the Last Temptation of Christ film came out, so there was kind of that sort of you know rock and roll is bad thing out there. You could see the start of Jim Carrey's comedy career come out because he's really hamming up this character, Mm -hmm. and then the camera turns off in in the movie, and he stops being that character, and he goes to be this drugged out rocker. Yeah, which is interesting to see. Well, but he's also this is also when you first see Liam Neeson's character actually like we know it's him. Yes. Because he's the director and he is not happy with uh Johnny Squares I believe is the yeah. character's name Johnny Squares. with the, the performance of this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's uh you know talked to him frankly about his drug use and blah blah blah. Yeah. And he seems to be tacitly aware and you know, without saying as much, condoning his drug use mm-hmm. as long as it gets him this movie finished. Correct. So he goes off to go do drugs, which they show on camera, and then he is dead from the drugs. Yeah. Killed by someone, and we only get little glimpsy pieces of th- that. The the per- the person who kills him tears down the movie poster for Hotel Satan that was hanging in his trailer. Mm-hmm. I think because he had the he had the murder mm-hmm. he had the murder gloves on. Right, he right. was not one of the police officers. It was definitely murder gloves. Anyway, anyways, we still don't know much about the villain of this movie yet. At least not for a little while. Right. Uh, cops show up and do cop things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dirty Harry is grizzled and you know cynical. Uh, his, and he has his suspicions. He has his suspicions, of course. They interview uh, Peter Swan, who is defensive of his movie and the choices he's making in it. Right. I... But they they the movie progresses on, and we discover that this dead pool is a sort of a, a game that people play. Yep. That uh, they they decide, oh, these eight people are going to die this year, and whoever's got the most dead people on their list wins. Yeah, ha ha ha. I for those who have seen the movie Deadpool recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is how they give that. That's how that character gets his name. Is a very similar concept. Is a list of people and how we. What are the odds that they're going to die and in what way? Uh, in the comic books, it's also that way. But it's very. I thought it was kind of silly that we ran into the Deadpool, not Deadpool, which doesn't have a space in it. But that's a digression. Yeah. Uh, 
We then cut to what appears to be the back of Peter Swan's head. Right. The... It, with the awful ponytail and leather jacket that has a logo for his film and everything. I don't think it's leather. I think it's Is it pleather? black satin. No. Ooh, Isn't this remember? Oh, yeah, sorry. Dan, yeah, you were born true. in 1988. I wasn't yeah. paying attention. And so you don't know what was fashionable at that time. That would be... <laughs> I don't a... think they knew what was fashionable at no, the time. No. <laughs> there were members-only jackets in this film. There were, you know, women with... Uh, their bangs uh, up in the air, yeah, and the girls on, ro- on, on roller, roller skates, not roller hair. blades. Oh yeah, that's right, roller, roller skates. skates. No, this would be a satin baseball jacket. Okay. Anyways, mm-hmm. awful ponytail still there. <laughs> Posters for every one of his movies. Pictures of him on the wall. It, they're doing, but we never see his face during this point. They're doing a very good job of making us go, "Oh, it's that guy." And we think that Liam Neeson's character is just very self-absorbed. And based on his personality, I would believe that. So it's working well. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he ha- he mar- basically marks off Johnny Squares on his the, the list of by writing R.I.P. So okay, this guy's dead. And then he makes has an envelope to send to the Samantha character who she's a reporter. We've basically she was a, established person. a little. Her character becomes much more important after this point. She's a TV reporter, kind of sensationally. But is looking into Dirty Harry as to do an in-depth piece on him. And he does not like this because he doesn't like the media because he's a grizzled loner police officer. It's a good thing. Yeah. Whatever. So the next we see of... What's the next we see of Liam Neeson's character? Well, I think that it progresses that another person is well, killed. His production assistant is killed. And this is somebody... But this is somebody that had been on... Peter Swan, Liam Neeson's characters, on his particular Deadpool list, Mm -hmm. which is now making him a prime suspect. Which he denies vehemently. Which he denies. He's got alibis and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth. And he is, however, riding the wave of media attention, I think, to get his film better recognized. And that just builds... Our belief that, oh, well, clearly he's the murderer because mm-hmm. we keep seeing him and he's using it to his advantage. There's an undercurrent in this movie of media awareness and public perception that unfortunately doesn't get paid off nearly as well as I'd like. Well, this is the 80s. It's yeah. different now. We, we fast it's, forward yeah. 30 years and media is means something completely different than it did 30 years yeah. ago. But, there, but we still have... If you can get the public, it's still the same. If you have public perception, and if you're in the public eye, it matters then and it matters now. Well, uh, I don't know. I But this movie was not, I didn't feel necessarily compelled to watch the whole thing, except that I'm part yeah, of the this, team here. This, this, <laughs> this particular movie wasn't great. It's, uh, I mean, plot-wise, this was pretty slow. Some people are going to get killed, yeah. somebody's going to get framed, it, and Dirty Harry's yeah, going to win in the yeah. end. We're, uh, okay. we're used to police procedurals now being TV shows that run, I mean, an hour with commercials 42 minutes without. This right. was a police procedural that was at least an hour and a half. Right, right. It was a two-part season opener for a TV show that didn't right. that assumed too much. Well, and I didn't care about the characters yeah. once again. I guess that's one yeah. of my well, issues, I'm, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. characterization yeah. is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, until until I felt like maybe Liam Neeson, because we were paying attention to him, yeah. I felt like all of a sudden I realized he had been wronged and he's being framed. Yeah. And then you start to get more and more glimpses of the fact that you're seeing the back of yeah. this other guy's head, but the ponytail's not right, or that yeah. 
or his height isn't right, or the voice isn't right. He the the murder murders a film critic that was not necessarily critical of Peter Swan's movies, but in general did not like the sort of movies he made, and the voice was weird. I mean we, the the person doing the killing. The person doing the killing. It sounded kind of like his character, but it was but wrong. It we commented that it sounded like good cop, bad cop. No, from... I, I don't think that was it. No, that yeah, because when he was uh, yeah, because he had the kind of high pitched voice, or was it later? Either way, we did notice mm-hmm. it, where no. it sounded like when Liam Neeson was affecting a high pitched, nice voice to be good cop from the Lego Movie, which we will watch. We're saving it for a rainy day when we feel bad. Uh but that was the first point. That was the point where I thought he had multiple personalities, mm-hmm. and I was giving this movie too much credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way too much. Yeah. But what was interesting there is he stabs the arm of her couch with the fakest knife I've ever seen while listing off his movies. And then she says, I don't like them. And then he kills her because it was the wrong answer. But this is all the guy pretending. But it cuts to the police station where the chief is showing like a highlight reel of this guy's movies. And the first thing he shows is someone in one of his movies being killed in the exact same way. Oh, they're so clever. And they mentioned it later that people were dying in the ways that people died in this guy's movies. Uh, Samantha brings it up later during a very hurried interview segment. But I think that's when the Liam Neeson peril meter goes up. It definitely goes up because now everything's really focused on him and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's starting to think that, okay, maybe they... Maybe the twist is that there isn't a twist. Right. Because they're setting up a plot twist so obviously that it's, it it's has hurtful. to it has to happen. It makes me want to go do a craft project. Yeah. It was kind of I thought it was kind of interesting. It never seemed like Harry Callahan, the investigator, never seemed like he was a hundred percent bought in to Swan being the criminal. No, because I mean he he always yeah. had that suspicion, but it it's it was never as if he really thought well, the guy was he's, the man. He's the grizzled loner detective. His job is yeah. not to be sure. His job is to be suspicious of everyone. And then shoot his gun. And then shoot his gun several times. <laughs> and tell people they are shit out of luck more than once. He didn't end up shooting his gun at the end. Well, no. Oh, he, spoiler alert. Well, no. He shot a different thing. So, uh, Chekhov's <laughs> harpoon gun shows up about halfway through the film. <laughs> you know what Chekhov's gun is? Ooh, I'm going to tell you something about literary narrative. Okay. <laughs> so... Chekhov's gun, I don't remember the exact... Uh, I mean, I could look it up, but I know the basics of it. I mean, Anton Chekhov. Chekhov, the author. Chekhov, the author. Not yes. Chekhov from Star Trek. Not Chekhov from Star Trek. Yeah. Is, I was getting confused there. Is, is, a, is a literary device, it's, it's some object, in, the, in his first case it was almost always a gun, that is shown in the first act, talked about in the second, and fired in the third. Ah. Okay. And so it's something that you introduce early and you don't use until the end. Okay. And so in this one, it was Chekhov's harpoon gun. Yeah. <laughs> because okay. about halfway through the film, uh, Peter Swan is filming a nightmare sequence, he calls it, on a small pirate ship, which they return to. It's the same pirate ship at the end. It's called The Lost Soul. <laughs> of course it is. Because it's a movie about <laughs> Satan. <Yeah. laughs> and the famous guitarist Slash fires a harpoon gun through a window. 
you never see the guy's face, but he's got the hat. So this is, when you said that Slash fired a harpoon gun, it was the real Slash, who, by the way, was involved in creating the song... Welcome to as, the as welcome to the oh jungle. my god it's all coming back <laughs> and played by Guns and Roses oh, it, oh okay okay this I'm getting next level here anyways we get to the we get to the end when the plot twists start happening I well or is it just the plot reveal the plot reveal I at this point I there's a character I don't even remember if this character had appeared earlier in the film. I, it honestly, his character did not stick with me at any point earlier in the film. Which the the murderer. You know, he, he was really obscure. If he had appeared earlier I mean, in the film... Even right to the end, yeah. he was very obscure. Well, What was the, the guy's name? We saw the, the character's we saw name? The back it said, where's of Rook? Rook was or, the... I thought it was Brook. Brook or something, yeah. So anyways, we get to the part where everything's coming together. He's kidnapped Samantha, who is... Kind of the reporter, the reporter. You know, maybe a love interest. Maybe if the movie maybe had tried not. a little harder. No, but it's dirty here. You can't. Do that. And again, we start by not showing this character's face until he steps up into the light, and it's clearly not Liam Neeson. And his voice clearly is wrong, not. and the ponytail's wrong. Yeah, and, and the height is wrong, and he says that wrong. Peter Swan has been reading his mind. Stealing his nightmares and making movies about them. I don't feel sorry for him. At which point, uh, I had to take a break and pick up my eyes at where they had rolled out of my head. Mm-hmm. And then he starts have. Then he gets. He we realize he hasn't tied Samantha down, so she stands up and kicks him in the nuts. Then starts wrestling for the knife. This it's the... it's it's a hilarious stage knife. It's full of raspberry jam. Harlan Rook is the name of that character. Thank you, IMDb. Yeah. The the actor is familiar. All right. David Hunt is the actor. So then Dirty Harry shows up with his giant gun and is told to put the gun down or I'm going to stab her. And Dirty Harry's like, oh, okay. Well, he thought about it. He, he, he first he, he locked the door. He locks the door first so he can't get out, so nobody can get out, which will shortly be followed by one of them getting out, uh, and puts the gun down. Uh, some distractions occur, and the main characters run away, but not before uh, the murderer picks up Dirty Harry's gun, which he is not nearly manly enough to wield properly. I get that. And as soon as he fires the gun a second time, because who fired... Harry fired it first? He Yeah, he shot the boombox that was playing Welcome to the Jungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and as soon as the murderer fires it a second time, I start counting, because it's a Dirty Harry movie. And we need to know if he feels lucky. Mm-hmm. And if he fires five bullets or six. Yes. So a mostly ineffectual chase scene occurs. Oh, damn. On we, foot. Hold on. We have to go back and talk about the car chase. No. Car chase. Yeah. We have to go back and talk about that car chase. Oh, okay. Well, the precursor to the car chase was the killing of yes. one of the characters. So some rich dude wearing shorts. He was a tan white guy. Tan white guy wearing 80s tennis shorts. With a tennis racket. With a tennis racket, in case we couldn't tell. Gets into his nice car and backs entirely out of his driveway into the middle of the street. While he is doing this, a man wearing murder gloves sits in another car and pilots a small remote-controlled car. Corvette. Corvette, sorry. With California license plates. Oh, yeah. It had 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 California plates. And it was black, because black is bad. Black is bad. Drives it underneath this man's car. 
flips the little armed switch and presses the fire button, at which point the entire large car explodes. Everything is gone. Everything ex- explodes. So. Except, of course, for the small oh, yeah. the, toy car wheel. There was a toy car wheel that was that intact. That was found So by we could Harry. start to be suspicious. <laughs> Anyways. And then another point. Harry and his new partner, uh, whose name escapes me because, of Al. course, it's Al, thank you, uh, are investigating something and we see Murder Gloves has pulled up and has another car. He has them commissioned, apparently. Or it's a some black Corvette another with California black license plate. It's the exact same car. He just has another bomb. And he starts to drive it up to do more murder, and I'm thinking, well, clearly this can't be Peter Swan. He's too much of a creative auteur to kill twice in the same way. And some small, rascally children with the single wheel can only go straight or turn to the right remote-controlled cars. They were wearing... A very cute 1980s bright colored nylon tracksuits. Did I wear those at some point? You were a baby then. I did. did so did no. you dress me in tracksuits? No. Okay. Zub- Zubas. No. Oh yeah, that's right. Zubas. I was cool. <laughs> uh, they they disrupt the signal to the bomb car because the 1980s did not have much access to broadband frequencies mm-hmm. for remote controlled cars. So this is a small reprieve. But as Dirty Harry drives away, well, the murderer has to murder him. So he starts driving the remote-controlled car after him. But since we didn't have GoPros strapped to the front of the car, he needs to keep it in sight. So he starts driving his car after the remote-controlled car after Dirty Harry. For blocks. It's so not Turning corners. Going over San Francisco hills. It's just yeah. not believable. And then... None. And then the car... Then Dirty Harry stops, and the remote control car drives under his car. And, uh, Again, it goes get, close gets, to his well, car. Well, no, it gets in front of it. He goes yeah. all the way under and gets in front of it. That's right. At which point, he sees the thing and kind of gets the, oh, I have put the two and the two together, and slams his car into reverse up the hill of San Francisco, which works because he's in a cop car. Remote control car starts backing up after him. He gets to a flat spot, takes his car and does some sweet 180 business, and starts driving away. The remote control car backs up the hill, 180s in about half a second, and keeps going, and it is the coolest thing that happens in this movie. (laughs) That was some really, really good remote control driver stunt stuff. Yeah. In any case, back to the end of the movie. Back to the end. (laughs) Back to the end of the movie. I'm sorry. That 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 part needed to be talked about. It was too good. So a bad foot chase scene occurs. There's some distracting with thrown objects and... And there was 1980s peril music. Oh, it was very 1980s peril music. It was so 80s. I believe the only one of the only notes I wrote down about this movie is this music is offensively 80s. It was so 1980s. So Harry breaks a window and gets out, even though he locked, was the one that locked the door. Uh, and he's being fired at periodically. We get down to the docks and he disappears. This is in a warehouse. Apologies. It right. was in a warehouse. He's by the docks. And he, he disappears from sight. Bad guy is looking around because it's all dark and smoky and spooky. And Dirty Harry yells out. And by this time, we have counted We have the counted. Bullets. There have been six shots fired. He's not feeling lucky anymore. Uh, he shouts out that the gun, that your gun's empty. And Murder's looking around for him and he sees a shadow coming out of the mist. And he's like, well, I still have this gun. I'm still scary. And the camera slowly pans down to Dirty Harry holding this harpoon gun. And this harpoon gun is the size of my first shotgun. <laughs> Bigger. It's a Fisher. It's a Fisher the harpoon Price shotgun. Is, the harpoon is the size of yeah. your shotgun. Yeah, it's comically oversized. 
And then he tells him that he's shit out of luck and shoots the harpoon at him, at which point it strikes him in the stomach, lifts him into the air, presses him against the wall of the lost soul boat, then impales through him and we see it on the other side of the wall. Thank you, Quentin Tarantino. Thank you, Quentin Tarantino. This is not the only time Tarantino <laughs> physics came up in this movie. Uh, so that has happened, and he starts walking away, and the cops show up, and he keeps walking away, and he's got Samantha, and he's walking away, and then the credits roll. That's it. Which and... is par for the course for these this era. Yeah. Uh, I remember most specifically the original Italian job. You guys ever seen that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, probably. Probably. Uh, I like the new one better. I do. I did like the new one pretty well. Uh, the old one had a lot of things going for it, but the end of that one, they're escaping in, I think, a VW bus, if I'm remembering correctly, and they get run off the road, and they're teetering, like, off a cliff, and they're all standing in the back so it doesn't tip over, and the main character guy, who if I'm remembering right from that movie, is Frank Sinatra, but I don't remember. I want to say he was in that one. I know he's in Ocean's Eleven. Oh, man. Anyways, that's not important. What is important is it ends with the main character going, I have an idea. And then the credits rolling. And it wasn't in in the way now that where we have closure and then the main characters are like, oh, we're going to have some implied hijinks happen. Sure. It was before the closure happened. Michael Caine. I mean, I'd believe it. Yeah. Yeah, this is very it's much a thing. Movies had not figured out how to have closure yet. At least consistently. They could. Well, I think yeah. sometimes they were leaving themselves open, franchise-wise, to do another film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if this, if well, this one was that. received well enough, they could do another Dirty Harry yeah. film. Yeah. But you can, leave, you, can be, you can finish your story and still leave it open for more. Well, not if you're money hungry. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Pirates of the <laughs> Caribbean 2 didn't have closure. <laughs> that ended with... Basically a neon sign saying, stay tuned for part three. Yes. Yeah, and they do that. All right. So that's the film, which means we need to talk about the peril meter and how much trouble Liam Neeson was in. I'd say for the majority of his screen time, he was either creating his own peril or being forced into it. Because if he was not being accosted by reporters or insinuated that he was a murderer, he was taking his job too seriously and swearing at people. Well, and I think that the character... I don't know that the character was necessarily in peril until there was that shift about two-thirds of the way through where we realized that he was being framed. Yeah, and, and we believed him a... to be in a lot in a fair amount of trouble when we thought he was the murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was implied heavier. But still, when he's filming his movie, he's yelling, he sees, he's seeing flaws in everything. If he wasn't in trouble, he was creating trouble for himself to be in, basically. Yeah. Not being happy with things. I'd say not as much as Star Wars, because that one, he's actually in trouble the entire time. Well, there's, you know, some lightsaber issues. Yeah. You know, those can break you. Yeah, those can break you. So can drugs and bullets and harpoons. I, yeah, yeah. If only Qui-Gon Jinn had had a giant harpoon gun, this wouldn't have been a problem. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking it's lower than a five. What are you thinking? Five seems right around the middle. Well, yeah. Oh, wait, that is the middle. Calm down. <laughs> Math is hard. Uh, I was I was gonna go five or six. Ooh, what are you thinking? I was leaning toward maybe five. Ooh. Five it is. Well, we could. I could. I could be convinced to go five point five. I know, Dan. Hates I don't like half numbers. Dan I like round numbers. No half numbers. Okay, we're going with five. Okay, then. we're going with five. None on of this one. five and a half stars. Okay. Business. So uh, now that Dirty Harry is. Well and truly ended, this being the last one of those, 
Guess we don't have to watch any more of these. Oh, good. Uh, I'm going to try and find one where uh, he's more of a main character next time. You mean Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. No, Clint Eastwood is always... He's the main character in every movie he's in. Uh, Which means Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to have to get the movie earlier next time. Ponyo, I think he's more of a main character. He's definitely not the main character. He's not the goldfish in that movie. We will... The main character of that movie is a goldfish. Oh, well, there. <laughs> All right. Well, that, I think that wraps it up. Any any other f- final parting thoughts about this movie? No. No? I'm no. glad it's over. All right. I'm glad it's over. Okay. I guess that explains it right there. Uh, <laughs> see you guys next time. This interesting IMDb made comment about a goof in the movie, completely oh. unrelated to what we're researching. Okay. That Quan, the partner, yeah. had tattoo writing on his oh, skin. They, they talked about that. He got those tattoos because he was going to yeah. be partners with Dirty yeah. Harry and they were protective tattoos. They said it was a goof because he's. they said he was a Chinese American and, and the writing on his skin was Korean, which I thought was an interesting goof yeah, they, that and, no one else yeah, would know. No. Unless, of course, you speak the language. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Huh. All right. Trivia. That's Trivia. His ponytail was bad. End of, end of story. Yep. <laughs>